we're talking about the fear of failure or anything else holding you back, confidence is the key to unleashing your power. Welcome to Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Join our conversations with fierce female leaders and explore how you can become more confident. Welcome to episode 14, Network and Learn from a Role Model, sponsored by Two Pretty Brand. Welcome, welcome everyone. Well, you're in for a treat today because you're about to listen to our conversation with Harper's Bazaar Women of the Year, Yannicka Neeson, interviewed not only by Olivia and myself, but also by a panel of 10 brilliant college and high schoolers. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to a very special live broadcast of Confident, sponsored by Two Pretty Brand, with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. And today we have a very special guest, Yannicka Neeson, whom we're going to introduce in a bit. And But first, let me tell you how it's going to work. So first, Olivia and I are going to start the conversation with Yannicka, and then we'll have questions from our featured high school and college panelists. And then finally, we'll open it up to all of you at home to ask your questions in the chat bar. Um, So we're really excited about this conversation today. So let's dive right in. Olivia. So today we are honored to interview Yannicka Neeson, co-founder of Capital T, a seed fund that focuses on software tech startups. Yannicka is an investor and serial entrepreneur. She has started and sold two international tech companies and has won numerous awards, including Harper's Bazaar Woman of the Year 2019. Yannicka is also co-founder of Inspiring 50, aiming to amplify female tech role models and has launched the new Girl Code series, highlighting the wonders of working in tech. Well, welcome live from Amsterdam. Yannicka, welcome to Live Girl Confident. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so honored to have you here today. And so let's dive right in. And first, can we talk a little bit about what you do, what it means to be a serial entrepreneur. And I know that recently you were named to Europe's 50 most influential women in the startup and venture capital space. Um, So can you talk about what you do and how you do it? Yeah, so being a serial entrepreneur means that you have uh, set up multiple businesses. Um, So I've had two uh, startups in the past that I grew internationally and exited. So that makes you then a serial Um, And uh, what I do day to day now is invest in other companies. I'm a big fan of uh, entrepreneurs and uh, I love to support them. I know what it's like to have a dream and a vision and building on that and uh, the people that have the right passion for that, I really want to support. And you need money for that. So (laughs) Incredible, incredible. So what was most important in your career path that enabled you to achieve such great success? Um, Well, I think um, one key thing is that I didn't just dream, but actually acted. Uh, I meet a lot of people that often say, oh, one day I would like to do this or I would like to do that. And I think you just have to start. There's never a perfect moment. And... um, Uh, So you might as well start now because there's always a reason um, not to do something. But I think if you have the right idea and you have uh, really the guts to become an entrepreneur, uh, it's always a good time. 
Well, speaking of imperfect moments, I would describe, and I'm sure you agree, that the COVID-19 business environment is very imperfect. In fact, um, I, know, I know a lot of healthy and viable businesses are at risk in this environment. Can you yeah. talk about how this has changed what you do, the global pandemic, and how you look at your inv investments differently or through the lens of this global pandemic? Well, I think um, it's actually, uh, if you have a business, it is, of course, uh, very tough um, because the world around you changes and you have very little influence uh, on it. So uh, that is really tough. But um, I think as an entrepreneur, um, well, most entrepreneurs are super creative and they will come up with solutions. And um, even though that's not a guarantee for success, I think uh, acting is most important now versus just waiting. So try to to do everything to save your uh, save your business. And um, again, no uh, guaranteed good outcome. But I think it's really important that no matter the outcome, you can look in the mirror and think I've done everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I could, and uh, you've done well. You you at least uh, tried. Um, in terms of my work, um, uh, for me, it's, it's not a bad time because I invest and there's still a lot of promising uh, startups around. Um, in times of crisis, often uh, really successful uh, companies do start. And uh, we still speak to many, many, many entrepreneurs to invest of them because um, despite COVID, uh, great ideas don't stop. And great businesses uh, don't stop either. And this is temporary. We invest with a 10-year horizon. And uh, uh, when we look back in 10 years, it will, uh, it will be a short, hopefully, uh, a short part of that 10 uh, years. So, yes, there's definitely impact. But um, it's also a really good moment to start and to invest. Mm-hmm. And, and before we went on air, we were briefly talking about the silver linings of the pandemic. As an investor, are you seeing any fundamental ways that technology and or industries will be reshaped by this pandemic? Yeah, I think um, events like this will always have a lasting uh, impact. And one of the most promising things I see is the uh, false rates in which the education uh, system is now becoming more digital mm -hmm. um, uh, and also uh, health. I think those are two uh, areas where they have gone through a transformation. They would normally, t it would normally take them like five years now in a month. So um, I think that is really, uh, really promising. I think uh, people are used to working from home more often. Also, companies are more used to their people working from home. So I think that will last uh, more um, after this. But I also think we, in certain ways, we go back uh, to how things were because I also, at least for me, I even now uh, more realize than I already did how important it is for me to be around people, <laughs> not through a screen. That's a great transition. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of working from home, um, in your opinion, do you think that virtual meetings and this working from home caused by this pandemic lead to more or less uh, gender equality in the workplace? 
Uh, I'm afraid less um, because um, uh, when you can't meet people in person, networks are um, more important than ever. And unfortunately, existing networks still are often not too uh, diverse. So I think um, it's, not, it's not great for diversity or uh, inclusion. So any advice, Janneke, for the young women listening today on how they can continue to network in this quarantine, you know, stay-at-home environment? Um, well, I think there's always people um, who are open to meeting other people. I've had um, uh, people reaching out on LinkedIn uh, with a video, um, introducing themselves uh, with 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 a specific ask for advice. I think if you approach people the right way and really show that you have um, looked at their background and you ask them a specific question that fits their expertise and and why it makes sense that you ask them that question, um, you can always um, uh, meet new people. But it is um, it is more complex there's less serendipity through uh through digital channels mm -hmm. i love that you said that because actually a quick story um for everyone and how janica and i connected in this stay-at-home environment is because janica um, jumping in to try to to help young people who are at home right now and learning from home had reached out to some nonprofit organizations asking if she could donate some copies of her new book that we'll be talking about in a second. And I took the one step further and said, but would you also talk to our girls? And and again, so I love what, how you're encouraging these young women to continue the networking, to reach out um, on LinkedIn because people are home right now and actually in some cases may be more likely to be able to field a call or an email like that right now. So um, yeah, thanks for that encouragement. And just shifting gears a little bit to your book and to Inspiring 50. So we know it's a fact that women are severely underrepresented in the tech industry as a whole and in leadership positions and when it comes to winning funding. So can you tell us about Inspiring 50 and your mission to change all of that? <laughs> I changed all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can contribute. No, I really believe that uh, role models are a key element um, in, in changing this. Um, if she can see it, she can be it. Um, I think if you see other women achieving certain things, doing certain things, you more strongly believe you can achieve it um, uh, yourself. And I think it's also very important that it's not just um, a focus on gender, but also a, a cultural background, um, so that you can identify yourself um, with these women and also see all the amazing things you can do in tech still. A lot of people have a wrong view um, about what working in tech means and uh, they think it's just about coding but there's so many different things you can do in tech and and the the it, yeah i think changing the view um around that is really key um if you ask uh, girls young women um would you like to work in tech a lot of them say oh no it's boring it's difficult i'm not able to do it which is totally not true and um, but if you ask them would you like to work at instagram or snapchat they say yes but that's also working in tech because those are tech companies and um i think realizing that and then thinking what within 
within that uh, view, what would I like to do? Am I more a designer? Am I a programmer? Uh, would I like to work in sales, in marketing? So within technology, there's just so many things uh, you can do. And that's what we try to do also with Inspiring 50, showing all the different uh, women doing uh, different things. So programmers, people starting their own company, uh, professors working at university doing research around the topics that's just yeah loads of things I love that and and we agree role models are so important and young women seeing women in leadership in all different aspects of life is so incredibly important for them to know what's possible for them so thank you for, for yeah. that and I read and loved uh, the new girl code so can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what inspired this book yeah, so that um, came also from the view behind um, Inspiring 50, that role models are so important. But then I was thinking, well, young girls, they, uh, what is a role model for me is just too far away often for them. And um, at an age where they um, make important decisions with regards to their education, they do think tech is boring and difficult. And so I thought uh, we should create a role model for them of their age and that lives in their world. And that can uh, actually show it through a, a, a novel. So that's why um, we decided to, uh, to create uh, the book and uh, show girls in a fun way uh, all the things they can do in tech. Right. Yeah. I think it's awesome to like that strategy of increasing girls awareness about tech through young adult novels. That's really amazing. Yeah. No, we also wanted to encourage them to think big and, and, and feel that they can do everything. And um, uh, it's also about entrepreneurship and um, building your dream and failing because that's part of the journey. So we try to, well, it's, it's basically my life, but then translate it to uh, uh, a younger uh, a younger girl and um, yeah, making sure they see uh, all the aspects. Fantastic. So now we're going to transition and we're going to introduce some of our amazing, brilliant, talented, brave live girls. We've got um, 10. We've got one middle schooler and we've got four or five high schoolers and four or five college alumni um, who will each introduce themselves and ask a question. Hi, um, I'm going first. I'm Amelia Wyckoff. I'm a sophomore at Brown University. Um, and my question is also about the book. Um, I think it, it would be really helpful for Live Girl because um, we focus on empowering girls. I'm wondering like what factors you think most affect young girls' confidence when it comes to science and technology and what advice you would give to girls who want to pursue a STEM career. Um, let's say like middle school girls because that's who we serve. Yeah. I think um, most important um, is showing them that they can achieve uh, everything and um, uh, showing them what they could uh, achieve. There's always something in tech, I think, that, that fits your uh, interest. And uh, it, it's not easy to believe that when you only see uh, men uh, in tech. And, um, uh, but it also starts with your own confidence that even though it's, that there's a lot of men, uh, that you still want to um, build your own uh, dream. And I think 
uh, one of the things that that is is specifically for girls they think they need to be perfect and um, I think it's really important to understand that you don't need to be perfect that it's perfectly fine to make mistakes that um, that that's just part of the of the journey does that answer your question yes thank you hi I'm Kate I'm a freshman at Georgetown University um, and my question, kind of bouncing off what inspired you to write young adult novels in the first place, is how do you hope to broaden the way women and girls are represented in our culture? Sorry, can you repeat the question? Absolutely. So just like bouncing off this idea of why, what inspired you to write young adult novels in the first place, how do you hope to broaden the way women and girls are represented, whether it's through media or further books? Okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yes. No um, yes. Yeah, so I I just hope that um, girls do feel uh, that they have a place and that they can speak up and that they can uh, go after their dreams, whether it's in tech or not. Um, just 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 do that and and speak up. And um, that's not always uh, easy, but you have. Um, well, you have a right to be there and to actually uh, uh, build your dream as much as, as men do. Um, so I think if, if, yeah, you would see that in, in well, everywhere, uh, I think representation is key. So you should see um, people more, uh, women more in media, uh, in, in STEM careers, in politics, everywhere. And uh, it will take time to change that. But uh, for example, in media and at events, um, it starts with women saying yes. And um, uh, in the beginning, when I was asked to speak, I, I hated it because I thought, oh, I, I, I will blow it or I will just, I, I, won't be, I won't be good enough. But then I started practicing and uh, I have a rule just, just to always say yes, even though I feel uncomfortable and because as soon as you say yes, you cannot say no anymore. And then the only thing you can do is thinking about how to make it work. So I, I think that's very important. When somebody asks you to do something outside your comfort zone, say, uh, say yes immediately and then think how. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Rainice um, and my question is, kind of going along with that. Um, what do you think is your most important advice to young women who want to start their own careers? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, have confidence in your uh, capabilities. Um, know that, that you can achieve uh, anything you want. Just go after it. And also tell people about your dreams um, because they might be able to help you. And uh, there's no problem in asking for help. So for example, when we launched uh, the book in the Netherlands, um, I really thought it would be cool if our queen uh, would receive the first copy. And everybody told me, oh, that will never happen. But I just mentioned this to several people until one person said, well, I can help you make that happen. And uh, then we were there handing the first copy to the queen. So. Reach, reach out, share your dreams, because you never know who can actually help you. Hi, 
Um, my name is Agnerini Massana. Um, I go to J.M. Wright Technical High School in Stanford, Connecticut. And my question for you today is with your experience in entrepreneurial um, mentoring, can you talk a little bit about how women in general can stand out? Sorry, what was the last part? How did you? Can you talk about how women in general can stand out? Yes, I think um, uh, brag a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I see often uh, women think that they should, their actions should speak, um, but uh, that's not the case. And, um, and even though I wish it was different, I think it's important to make sure that other people know what you're doing and uh, put yourself in the, in the spotlight. And if you don't say, what I do is great, um, you will, um, yeah, why would other people uh, believe, believe that? And um, I think that is really, uh, really crucial. I also have another question. Sorry? I also have another question. Um, recently, I watched your TED Talk, and you were speaking a lot about passion. So I was wondering what were some hardships that you um, that triggered your ambition to continue going, and what is something that can help us to keep going in our fears, with our fears, and things like that. Yeah, I think it's very important to realize that um, the road of entrepreneurship is not an easy one. There's a lot of uh, ups and downs, and um, I think my drive to be uh, successful has always been bigger than my fear of failure. Um, I think everybody has that fear of failure, and everybody sometimes is in their bed um, thinking, oh my God, it's horrible, and all you want to do is just stay in your bed and cry. I think everybody sometimes has that, even the people that come across as most uh, secure. But um, yeah, I, I always just kept believing in my vision and, and kept, kept going because of that, because I wanted to make that happen. Hi, my name is Zuri. I'm a middle schooler. And my question is, who is your role model or inspiration? Um, yeah, that's many um, people who inspire me, um, most entrepreneurs, because I, I just love it when people have a dream and they start uh, pursuing it. Um, but um, one of our uh, cornerstone investors, Corinne Vigreux, she's a um, well-known uh, entrepreneur from the Netherlands and um, her company has pivoted a few times through the last 25 years and I think that's really uh, great to see that, that you are able to do that. I think that makes you a great entrepreneur. Um, I think from the US, I really like what Emily uh, Weiss has done with Glossier, uh, the way she built the company and the way she uh, approached um, her customers, I, I really like that. Um, and and also somebody I really admire, not from tech, but really um, more around storytelling, because I think that's a key part of, of everything you do, is Shonda Rhimes. Because I what I really admire about her is how she, through storytelling, addresses so many uh, societal issues. And um, yeah, I just love that. Hi, my name is Nan. I was wondering um, what made you so passionate about getting women into STEM 
and what setbacks did you face um, while trying to get your voice heard? Um, well, for me, um, uh, technology is the, is the future. And uh, I think it's very important that we build that future uh, with everybody and not just with a small uh, group. And because I think the consequences of building the future with a small group are too big because it means that um, wealth is not distributed equally, um, but also that the products and services we are building are not very um, uh, uh, inclusive. And uh, I think those are really important uh, things that, um, yeah, that we should try to avoid, especially when artificial intelligence becomes more important. It's sort of invisible, but still uh, really playing a huge role in our lives. And um, people tend to think that um, AI is neutral and because it's, it's a formula, it's code, but um, it's built by people with their own uh, uh, bias uh, and also the uh, input data that's used is hardly ever neutral uh, but the uh, it's often very uh, not very clear that that these things are happening until suddenly your mortgage is refused and you have no idea why and then it's like the computer says no but there can be very uh, wrong reasons uh, for that and there's many examples of that so I think for uh, an inclusive society it's key uh, to have uh, a lot of diversity in tech. I think the setbacks I've had is, um, well, if you address these things, um, people often feel attacked, um, even though they shouldn't, because you, you're not attacking a person and you're not attacking the past. You just want change for the future with the knowledge you have today. And, um, but not everybody appreciates that the way I think they should. So uh, you do get awful comments, um, but um, what keep, keeps me going is um, feedback from women that feel heard, that see that things uh, change, that feel uh, encouraged by what you do. And that's why I continue. And I hope that, uh, well, I know that the dinosaurs that still live in a different world, um, well, dinosaurs tend to die, so it will change. You are the co-initiator of InSpring 50, which showcases amazing women who are leading in the technology field. Is there someone in the technology field that inspires you in particular, or even sparks like what? made you so interested in the field of technology? Um, well, it's not um, somebody that inspired me, but it's more technology itself and it, uh, the opportunities that brings. I happen to uh, get uh, into tech quite early in my career. And it, for me, it was just so amazing that you could build all these uh, things and and um, th that everything became uh, more global. So it's more the opportunities of tech than specifically uh, one person that drew me to it. Um, hi, I'm Jordan Malice. I'm a junior at the Academy of Information Technology and Engineering High School in Stanford, Connecticut. And my question is, is what advice would you give to us as high schoolers, middle schoolers, even college students on how to deal with the market after COVID at 19 ends? Um, well, if you're uh, still in high school, you still have a few years of um, studying ahead of you. So hopefully after that, things will be better. 
but I would try to think um, in, in choosing a certain uh, study, uh, yeah, what are the, the uh, areas that will evolve after this? How will uh, the world uh, change? And, and try to adapt to, to that. So I, I, I hope that, uh, as mentioned before, um, digital education, um, digital health, but also sustainability are areas that, um, that will uh, evolve uh, even more. So, um, yeah, how can you contribute to, uh, how can you contribute to, to uh, a world after COVID? I think that's, that's, that's a question you should ask yourself. How, how do you see your role? I really think that, that you all are the, the future and uh, you can uh, shape that future more than you, than you think. So instead of seeking how the uh, market evolves, I think you should think more, how can I shape uh, the market after COVID? Hi, I'm up again, I'm Amelia. Um, my question is, um, I speak up pretty frequently in class and in a workplace setting, but I still fall into habits of um, apologizing before I speak or letting others talk over me. We've talked a lot about confidence and I'm wondering if you have advice on building that confidence. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I had great advice uh, once from uh, a woman named Buffy Duberman. She, um, she was my speaker coach and um, she is, still is. And uh, the first time we met, she said, oh, I love your dress. And then I started downplaying my dress because that's what we do. And no, I said, oh, it's not that special, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, what? I make you a compliment. And basically you're saying I'm wrong. She said, no, when somebody gives you a compliment, you just say thank you. And um, that stayed with me. And even though it feels uh, sometimes difficult still to accept uh, a compliment. There's still that voice in my head saying, just say thank you. So now when uh, somebody makes me a compliment, I just do say thank you. And I think you can do the same for uh, saying sorry. Just never apologize for being you. And uh, I think when you have that in your head and, and the moment you you start saying sorry you just you just don't and you just speak up and then it becomes a habit so uh, just never apologize thank you so much hello can you hear me yes yes okay cool um hi my name is jane and i'm a second year at the university of california los angeles and i just have a question about um, what advice would you give to new, let's say, female graduates um, with an engineering degree and maybe specific advice on the job application process and what female engineers should be aware of? A very good, um, very good question. I think it's very important to, um, before you apply, because there's 
well, some companies have uh, don't have a great reputation when it comes to uh, diversity and inclusion. And I think it's important to do your homework to see um, how people uh, talk about the company um, and also speak to other women engineers in the company, how they actually experience uh, the culture. And also make sure there's a certain percentage of women because I think uh, that's where inclusion becomes uh, important. Um, that that's, that you're not on your that you're not on your own. So um, yeah, do your homework to see what are the great places for women uh, to work. And the more women uh, do that, I think the more companies that will feel the need to to change. Hi, my name is Victoria Iparagire. I'm a student at the Manhattan School of Music. Um, I find that during this time, it's really hard to keep a focus on what's coming because it seems like everything is at a halt. And even still, even when the world is crazy and, and we're all occupying our time with other things, it sometimes seems like when a person reaches one of their goals that that's it and the train stops there. But we all know that people are constantly growing and creating new ideas. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of your future goals? <laughs> well, um, I want to become the best investor um, in Europe. Uh, I, I hope uh, the companies we invest in will be the, the, the big successes of the future. And um, well, referring to the book as well, I hope that we inspire uh, some girls to have a career in uh, STEM and build their own company. And that in like 15 years, this very successful CEO gives a, an interview and says, I started because of um, uh, the new girl code. And uh, that's what how I, I got the idea to start a company. And um, yeah, even if we inspire a few girls to follow their dreams and give them the confidence to do so, uh, yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you. So we have a few minutes to take questions from our audience. Um, just before we go there, I just want to give a compliment to all of our panelists. What amazing, thorough, thoughtful, thought-provoking questions for all of you. I really think that you, you, you shined and you showed you know, how, how uh, talented and, and brilliant you all are. So according to Janneke's advice, what do you say back? You say, thank Thanks. you. Thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. I, I thought that was great, great advice. So, um, so we'll see now if we have any questions for our audience. And Alison, if we have anyone raising their hand, you can unmute them. You want to go? Okay, so I think now I can wrap things up by again thanking you, Janneke, again for being such a strong champion for girls and women and really showing all of us what's possible. Um, and again, I want to thank all of our panelists. I mean, Janneke, right here on screen, you're looking at the next generation of female leaders, and I know these women are going to light the world on fire. Um, I'm so proud of this group that's on, and, and they asked great questions today. I feel like through their questions and your answers, I got a big shot in the arm of like Leadership 101 um, and some great, great, great lessons and encouragements of things that we as, as women can do to, to, to rise up um, 
in leadership positions. So I want to thank you for that. I also want to thank our sponsor, Too Pretty. You can learn more about them at Too Pretty Brand, but they are just an incredible company based in Texas. They offer clothing, accessories, and, and equipment that celebrate and empower girls and women. So we're very grateful for them. And also, um, I do want to mention that today's conversation with Janneke will be available uh, I, the Zoom replay will be available and we'll also be releasing it out as a, a confident podcast available on Apple and Spotify. So thank you all so much. Um, this is just an incredible conversation and thank you, Janneke. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. We'd also like to extend a huge thank you to our panelists, Janneke and Two Pretty Brand. And hey, can we ask a favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. In closing, I'm Sherry. And I'm Olivia. And we hope that you feel more confident after today's episode. This week's challenge is to network and learn from a role model. Reach out to someone either via email or LinkedIn. Let them know your qualifications and what you're looking for. You'll be delighted with the results.